The Inside Ellen Road podcast is sponsored by PR Supplies at Unit 2 Wither Park Industrial Estate Leeds, postcode LS53AP. Check out PR Supplies on Facebook for all your home retail needs. Hello and welcome back to the Inside Ellen Road Sweatcast, where Graham and I will slowly descend in the madness succumbing to the heat whilst recording indoors at midday during a heat wave. Um, I'd just like to begin by extending a huge thank you to everybody who tuned in uh, to our end of season special, um, our best of the season uh, in terms of the number of downloads, so very grateful for that. Um, Just a one week break for the pair of us, Graham. Get up to much last week with the time we usually spend recording these? Um, What did I do? I can't remember a single thing about last week other than waiting on tenterhooks for an announcement about the takeover. So that's how we spent last week. Yeah, that was that was Friday, wasn't it? Um, so waited in all day. It wasn't just Friday. You were a Johnny Come Lately to the uh, to the scenario because oh. you were off gallivanting around Europe. It was uh, very much an all week waiting waiting game waiting period. Uh, and, and they waited for me to get back. Yeah, thankfully, waited for you to get back so you could you could help out. Uh, and yeah, it finally happened Friday night. 9.30pm Friday night. Um, I thought, you know what, it's probably past the point of where they'll announce it this evening. So I'll, I'll nip out to the shops, I'll get some food. Nope, 15 minutes from home, get the message, don't we? And uh, yeah, great. Just had to had to sort of rush, rush back. Um, but yeah, Back to Leeds matters. Um, we do have an agreement in principle between 49ers Enterprises and Andrea Radritani's Ace Adventures for the purchase of the club. Um, and it, if anyone was concerned, that does include Ellen Road. Um, so finally, some movement on that front, although still subject to the EFL's owners and directors test and various other legal formalities, but that's expected to go through. Um, it has meant that this week Leeds have been able to, to get on with the hiring process, interviewing candidates for, for the vacant managerial post and um despite a, a few rumors earlier this week that brendan rogers was at ellen road um as far as we understand it it's unlikely to be the northern irishman and they, they didn't actually meet with him um graham you published a state of play piece on the yep website this morning wednesday the 14th of june um what is the latest that you're hearing around the manager situation well brendan rogers there was this claim made north of the border that leads were preparing a, a desperate last ditch hijack of um, Celtic's appointment of Brendan Rodgers. Now, I think everyone, every man and his dog, expects him now to go back to Celtic. And that's his chosen route back to the Premier League. Um, he wants to do it via you know, Champions League and a potential league title. Um, it worked for Stephen Gerrard. Well, it worked for Brendan Rodgers in the first place. It worked for Stephen Gerrard. It worked for Ange Postacoglu. So that seems to be the way Rodgers is going. But from what we hear from Leeds, they never met Rogers. They've never particularly felt that he was that keen on the job. He's not been pushing for it. So he hasn't been one of those interviewed this week, um, which will come as a disappointment to a lot of Leeds fans because I think they had started to set their hearts on uh, Brendan Rogers for obvious reasons because he's a, he's a manager of some pedigree. Um, Northern Irish as well. Great. Takes a box. But... Um, you can only appoint a manager if he wants to be at your club and if he doesn't want to be at your club, 
If he doesn't want to be in the championship, there's not a fat lot you can do about that. No matter how attractive you make his financial package, no matter no matter how attractive you make the project sound. So Leeds have moved on uh, with their search. It's a similar situation, actually. We'll just deal with Graham Potter as well at the same time because I know that his odds coming down have um, have led to people getting a bit excited about Graham Potter. But exactly the same situation, we're told, that Leeds like him, admire him as a, a coach and a, a manager, but not a particularly obtainable a target uh, in their consideration right now. And it, clubs don't suddenly decide, oh, we're not going to get that manager. There's no way we'll get that manager. They they put the feelers out. They speak to you know agents. They speak to people close to managers. And and if the manager is out of work, they speak to the manager themselves, potentially. So they will have been given uh, a stare, you know, a a, um, a guide as to how keen a manager might be. Um, and it's interesting, isn't it though? Because earlier in the season, Leeds copped a lot of flack for looking at unobtainable targets and wasting time chasing people that they weren't going to get mid-season when they perhaps needed something a bit more obvious and a bit more ready to go right now. Uh, and that cost them. But now in the summer, they're kind of getting pelters from some sections of the fan base for maybe not having enough imagination, not going after the kind of the ones that you would consider maybe unobtainable at first. You know, I think people... Th- assume that you could just go and convince a manager that no actually drop into the championship is the right thing for you to do leeds is a big big club and it's a massive job and i think the candidate the, the, the number of people interested in this job would have been huge but it still doesn't change the fact that some managers won't want to drop into the championship because it's not a guaranteed route straight back to the premier league there's just so many things up in the air the takeover is agreed but not complete not ratified the summer recruitment hasn't started yet there's two weeks until pre-season starts and the championship is really tough to get out of, even for teams that have parachute payments behind them. So there's no guarantee that you're going to go into Leeds. You're going to win the league and be back in the Premier League within a year. And I think that will probably play in the minds of some coaches whose stock is set at a certain level. You, you're mentioning the takeover there. Um, it, it's agreed, but not complete. I think that's that's the the line at the moment, isn't it? You know, that... Um, that Ace Ventures and 49ers Enterprises do see eye to eye. They've, they've been at the negotiating table since Leeds were relegated. They've agreed on a price um, reported to be around, around £170 million pounds or two hundred between $200 and $210 million. Um, that, is, that is something which I think, again, we discussed on the last pod, needed to be resolved and needed to be resolved first because it has allowed Leeds to move on with the rest of the summer. Yes, it might be taking its time, but... Um, you know, I think that they're, you're never going to be able to please everybody. Some people might have wanted a manager in this week. Yes, they might get one next week. But if it means that you get the right man, um, rather than just jumping at the, the first, I don't know, first person to offer themselves to you, um, then, you know, eight, nine months down the line when you're at the right end of the table and everything has gone to plan, I don't think many people would be, um, would, would argue with, with taking that that little bit extra due uh, due, gili- due diligence, choking easy. on my own tongue there. Easy for you to say, son. Um, um, I always forget it's your second language as well. Um, yeah, you, there will be people who say we should have been the Forty ers enterprises should have been far enough down the road with a preferred candidate that they were ready to go straight away after the takeover. 
But you have to remember that no deal had been agreed with Andrea Rajazani. And you can't agree a deal unless two parties are ready and willing to agree that deal. And as far as we're aware, Andrea, you know, was still of a mind that he could get Leeds back in the Premier League. And, it, you know, he came to decide that actually ultimately he wasn't going to be that person and he was then going to sell. So they couldn't have had a, a deal agreed, you know, hypothetically, unless Rodgersani was a, a, amenable to it. So that would stop you from being down the line with a manager of a certain calibre because they're, they're not going to simply hold themselves back from other opportunities on a on a promise, you know, that, well, we're hoping to take over this club and, and if and when we do, we'd like you to be our man. The takeover kind of had to happen first before they could push on to this interview stage and, and really narrow it down. Um, and now we're not able to bring you all the names of, of those interviewed. What we do know is that names that have been consistently spoken about are Daniel Farca and Carlos Corberan. Um, and both of those look like plausible, if even, if I dare say, safe bets. Um, I find it quite difficult to argue against either man being appointed. Farca, because he's done it twice with Norwich. He knows exactly what it takes to get out of this horrendously difficult division. And Carlos Corberan, his record in the championship is pretty incredible. I mean, what he did with Huddersfield, he should not have been able to do. With, with the, the resources. resources that he had, yeah. Exactly, with the resources the, he had. In comparison, you know, the resources that he would have just from parachute payments alone, never mind a, a new ownership model. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I agree. I can't I can't really complain with, with either of those. And then, you know, he goes to West Brom and he's got, what, a 51-52% win ratio with West Brom. Took them from something like 17th to the, the just below the playoffs. So he knows how to get results in this division. And... Yeah, I, I just wonder if Leeds will think our immediate priority is promotion. Let's then worry more about our long-term footballing philosophy once that's achieved, rather than make an appointment that fully aligns with all their ideas uh, on how football should be played. You also have to consider that they, the 49ers Enterprises might not actually have their own footballing philosophy that they want to see play out. They might have an idea of what Leeds fans want to see, and they can, of course, be guided by Angus Kinnear, who's been here for a long time. He knows what Leeds fans want, and he knows exactly what made them happy when Bielsa was here. Um, so it's almost like it's a it's a fresh start for Leeds, this, and, and a head coach can come in, and he might be able to have a big say on, on how things are going to look in the long term. But I think we all know that it's it's an attempt to get out the first attempt, and that is the big priority for everyone. Um, I mean, talking about priorities, obviously the managerial appointment is is paramount importance, um, but also imperative this summer is is looking at the squad. Um, and today marks the opening of the domestic transfer window, uh, the fourteenth of June, which means that clubs in the UK can can buy and sell players between. Other clubs in the UK. Uh, the foreign window opens in July, as far as I'm aware, um, when contracts run out on the 30th of June. Um, looking sort of to the the type of players that Leeds are realistically going to be able to bring in um, this summer, you you're probably looking at you know players from the EFL. Um, you're looking at players from lesser European leagues. Um, you're looking at players who 
might be coming in on loan. I mean, look at what Burnley and Sheffield United did last season with a few shrewd loan moves and um, a few uh, a, f- a few you know transfers from from uh, from the EFL at clubs uh, players who were at clubs who'd done consistently very well um, before then making the leap to a to a comparatively bigger club. Um, I think Leeds have to be targeting those types of players, those who are um, you know playing for clubs in the EFL, but they, they'd look at the the pull that Leeds United can have. You know, 36,000, 36, I'm tripping up all of my words today, 36,000 every week um, or every other week. The 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 history of the club, the the potential of going back up to the Premier League and being uh, a key player, you know, it, it it has to be an attractive proposition if you're a player in the Football League at the moment who's been good over the past one or two seasons. Um, and you, you'd like to think that Leeds would be watching you because, as you mentioned, Hugely, hugely historic club. Why would you not want to play for them when they're coming down? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people in football in general, if the call came from Leeds, would be very tempted straight away. Even even not knowing who the manager is going to be, it would be in some players' minds that I want to be at Ellen Road. They are the big fish uh, in this pond next season, uh, without a doubt. Um or maybe one of two, but who's you're, the other you're one? Leicester. You're not putting Southampton up there uh, as a big fish. I don't know. Maybe they come third, but they're like I, a also, medium-sized barracuda. Yeah, they're like a pike. Um, That's it. Yeah, but I also think that that pike is going to be very dangerous uh, next season because it's got a it's got rows and rows of young, talented teeth ready to tear <laughs> through the division. Um, I actually do think Southampton could could fare well next next season. I really do. Uh, Leicester, I'm not so sure on. Leeds, of course, it's just a, it's a bit of a blank canvas. We really don't know, doesn't it? it? It it's like you talk about recruitment, and it is absolutely vitally important, of course. But it's really really important to know: Are you building a team around Tyler Adams? You know, mm. are you going to have Willie Nyonto? Are you going to have Max Fober? Um, you really need to answer those questions definitively quite early on, because if you have Tyler Adams and you're building a team around him, brilliant. You know, that, that means you don't have to go and get, you know, you probably do. He does need an understudy, but you don't need to go and get that first choice defensive midfielder because you've got him. The problem comes if you don't know if you've got him or you think you've got him, but then suddenly right at the end of the window, Newcastle or A and other come in with money that that you can't really turn down, that he can't really turn down, and a Premier League move and Champions League football or whatever it is, European football, and suddenly you lose him, and then you're thinking, right now we've got to get a Tyler Adams replacement in short order. So you need to bottom things like that out as quickly as possible. And I expect that the 49ers have been uh, on his case straight away. I imagine the club's been in constant contact with him. He's the one, isn't he? That you think. Mm. Is the, is the one, if you're going to prioritise your time and effort, he's the one that you want to convince um, to stay at the club and, and convince him that it's going to be one year only. But I just, I'm not sure I can see it in a player of I, his time. I feel, uh, yeah, I feel like it, it does have the, the the look of a star-crossed lovers situation where, you know, Tyler Adams would happily stay at Ellen Road for years to come if they were in the Premier League. But if you want to be the United States captain, 
if you want to be playing at the highest level, which he can and has done previously, it's a big, big ask to see him playing in the championship. It's like um, like Ward Prowse at Southampton. There's kind of a resignation there that he will leave ultimately, even though it's, you know, quote unquote, his club. And, you know, he is Mr. Southampton. I think there's a there's an acknowledgement that he is too good for the championship. And um, I think there are a few others in Leeds' squad that are like that, but none who are of the same age profile as Adams, with, coupled with his experience, with his importance on the team uh, last season, and also just his general demeanour, like the way that he carries himself, the sort of leadership qualities that he exhibits. Um, he, he's, he's such an asset. And I'd say that is probably one of the biggest tragedies of of relegation is that you know you you potentially lose a player of of his quality, but also just you know his personality from from around this club. And it's it it, it is a shame if he is to leave. But yeah, it, it's it's one of those where it's it's hard to see him staying without cast iron assurances that the team is going to be built around me, and we are, we are also going to go straight back up um, and yeah. then stay up. Yeah, you're losing a future captain, aren't you? And another team yeah. will, will be gaining a, a future captain. So you're not just getting a midfielder; you're getting a leader. Uh, so that's what makes it that's what makes it hard to see. It would be a real coup if they managed to come out early in the transfer window and say definitively, Tyler Adams is staying put. But that remains to be seen. Um, Willie Nyanto, he's one that I could probably see staying more than I could see Adam staying because of only his, because of his age because of his age and because last season yes he shone but he didn't play all that much um and there were times when he wasn't as influential in games uh, as previously during the season maybe I'm clutching at straws a little bit and trying to frame it as uh, you've got something to prove here Willie but if Syria interest comes and serious Syria interest comes, it would be difficult for him to turn down, wouldn't it? You know, oh, yeah, being, absolutely. being in the Italy squad, if somebody was promising European football and a return back home to be a, a hero back there, and that again then opens up Premier League opportunities further down the line again for him, um, it'd be a real shame because he is a joy to watch when he's on. Um, and last season he was on it for quite a lot of the time. So Leeds have got their work cut out, I think, to keep those kind of the star players. And then there's others that you think they'd be great in the championship, but you just get the sense that they won't be here, like Somerville. Um, Somerville's one that I, I think will will probably go if a, a decent enough offer comes in. Robin Cock will almost certainly go. I mean, he's, he's practically out the door already. Melier's another that isn't shying away from talking about you know, the potential for him to leave. Um, those are the ones that you think you'd be almost resigned to losing. And then there's the kind of legacy players from the promotion season that uh, that I think Leeds will happily hang on to and keep either as squad players or, or first-choice starters. I'm just not sure you can pin all your hopes on Patrick Bamford as a nine. I think, I think mm. in the championship, in the Premier League, he's a good player. In the championship, he's a very good player. His hold-up play, his link-up play, He'll score goals as well if he gets if he gets enough chances. I just don't think you can go into a season saying he's our starting number nine because of the injury problems he's had for the last two years. And elsewhere, Liam Cooper, absolutely fine in the championship. Luke Ayling, absolutely fine in the championship. 
The right back situation is one that we should talk about, though, because Cody Drama is returning from another successful loan. He's just won promotion to the Premier League with Luton. He's not going to be shy of offers this summer. But yet, if both Ailing and Christensen are willing to stay and stay, then he's no closer to first-team football than he was at the start of last season. And yet, Leeds have been relegated, and he's just earned promotion on his CV. So why would he stay if that's the picture? I, mean, I don't know why you're asking me, because um, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't stay if, if I was Cody Drummer. You know, after oh, you've no loyalty whatsoever, Donahue. Classic no Donahue. I tell you, I, I'll, I'll be having words. Um, how, many, how many moves have you already had in your career? You're a journeyman already at the age of <laughs> seventeen or whatever it is you are. No, um, no, it's it's more like uh, it's more like a move very early on in the career, and then sort of when I get to get to my Indian summer, everybody goes, "Oh, I can't remember he was. I can't. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't remember he was at that that club beforehand. I, I just thought he was a one club man." <laughs> uh, I I agree with you though. The question the question I suppose for Drama is why would I stay? You know, and that's the question for Leeds to answer. Why should he stay? Um, I personally think they should. They should keep him, and he should play. I probably think the same about Creswell too. I think I think you'd be very hard pushed to find somebody who disagrees with you on both of those there, because I mean, a right back who's done very well in the Championship two seasons in a row, one promotion, um, and then a centre half who is you know through the Leeds Academy, uh, playing for England's under twenty ones, had to traverse some difficulties and challenges on his Millwall loan last season, but came through and is, you know, well regarded there. Um you have to be keeping you have to be keeping those types of players and building teams around them. Unless you bring somebody in in a sort of a, a managerial and you know sporting director's role who says, no, I've got a I've got a blueprint here of how we're going to go up. And it might not be popular, but we'll see in six months time. But it would make a lot of sense. We're going to go four four two. We're going to have two brutes at the back. We're going to go long. Thing is, though, Creswell. We're going to have, going to have six defenders in the starting lineup. Creswell um, could do the brutish. He is a brute, and also he can pass the ball long. So you, you, again, you still wouldn't have an argument for getting rid, unless the argument was we're going to have two brutes between the age of thirty and thirty three at centre back. Um, this isn't be, Siri, this isn't Serie B, Graham. Uh, where you've got a 38-year-old centre-forward and two 34-year-old centre-halves. That's, that's my kind of league. I, I I like the sound of that at my age. Um, yeah, Creswell, we believe there's a, there's a relegation clause in there, um, which is kind of something to consider. So maybe Leeds want to think about a new contract with him this summer. But him going to the under-21 Euros is the other complicating factor in that everyone will be aware of him anyway. But if he goes and has an absolute standout tournament there, then his stock rises. And if his stock rises to a point where somebody considers his release fee and thinks, actually, he's worth more than this now, or within two years, he's going to be worth double this, you know, whatever, then um, then it'll be difficult for Leeds. But again, he is a Leeds player. You know, he's he loves Leeds, supports the club. I think he's absolutely dying to play first-team football for Leeds. Uh, and I think that will weigh massively in any decision he makes this summer. To to round off this discussion, I think the 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 catch-all term or catch-all phrase would be they are Leeds' players to lose. Yeah, that, I would mean, you, would you agree? I mean, that's 
That's quite literally the fact of the matter. They are well, con- right. contracted. Pause there. <laughs> contracted to Leeds. Um, no, I think you're right. Well, it sh- that should be the case. It's probably it's probably not the case it, for Melier and Cock. I think they've probably decided. Or yeah, yeah, I think they're a different case. I think they're a different case. But for for everyone, for almost everyone else, I think they're going to wait to hear what Leeds have to say. I mm. think they, I think they'll listen, and I think Leeds will have an opportunity to talk to them. I, I, I don't see the likes of Nyonto and Adams being so set on a move away just yet, before they know what the situation is going to be. Um, I just think Robin Cock wants to get into the Germany team again. And I don't think he he thinks he can do that in the championship. He's probably well, right because well, he was well, in the I mean, Premier he League. Do it in the Premier League, exactly. So. That's what I was trying to say, and then you said it. Um, and then uh, Melier as well. He's got very lofty national team ambitions. He fell down that pecking order, didn't he? In in terms of French goalkeepers, which is a a brutal pecking order to begin with. You know, it's so difficult to get in there. He's not going to do it in the championship. Not a not a chance. And also. I kind of think the way last season went for him, the loss of confidence, the loss of form, and then the loss of faith that people had in him, and the fact that he was then dropped to the bench, that probably sealed the fate, and he probably thinks, I want to go somewhere else now and, and start again, start afresh. Well, I mean, he's said as much, hasn't he, um, in that interview with RMC Sport Radio, um, whilst on under-21 duty with France. Um, you know, he name-dropped Chelsea, but he also said, you know, I want to go somewhere where I'm, I'm going to play as a number one rather than sit on the bench at an, at an elite club. So he clearly has, you know, designs on representing an elite club. He clearly thinks or believes that those sorts of teams are going to be after him. Um, and yeah, that just doesn't, it doesn't tally with, with representing a championship club. So I think no, he, he, he was know, asked about Chelsea, we have to add. You know, yes, yeah, else. of course. Yeah. Somebody but I mean, again, he, he, he didn't I mean, shy away though. He, no, that's, that's the point. Yeah. Um, and Robin Koch as well. There was there was a a report from Bild this week in Germany, the the German sports newspaper, that uh, claimed that uh, he could leave on a free transfer after Leeds' relegation. Graham, you checked that out, and turns out it was a load of poppycock. I think it's fair to say that whoever buys Robin Koch this summer will be billed for uh, for the player. <laughs> Don't sh- don't shake your head on a podcast. That's completely unacceptable behaviour. Um, bilge. It was bilge that uh, that suggestion, or at least that's what Leeds are saying. Leeds are very confident that that is not the case, and that anyone buying Robin Cock will have to pay a fee. Um, I suppose you could argue that well, if he goes on loan, he's going to go for free in a year's time. Um, yeah, but Leeds could charge a loan fee um, if he went on loan this season. Um, I suppose Leeds have just got to work out how best to elicit cash from Robin Cock before he departs in a year's time for free for nothing at the end of his contract. So um, we'll wait and see on that one. But yeah, we're, we're, we've been told not to put any stock in that. It was deemed false by club sources. Falsch, I believe, is how they say it over in Germany. Very good. Thank you. That's where I was. <laughs> Spent a little bit of time over there. And, uh, yeah, did you pick, did you pick that up last week? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ein, ein Beer bitter. Yeah, that's uh, it. Ich, ich habe keine Gummibärchen. Means I have no gummy bears. <laughs> What's um? Does this have milk in it? <laughs> you know, I don't think I've uh, I don't, I've not been to Germany. Um, Whatever. 
No, I passing through uh, en route to the continent of Africa once, but I've never been. I've never visited Germany. No, and that's not a that's not a boycott. It's not a it's not it's not Graham Smith snubs Germany. It's um it's just the the, the opportunity has not arisen. Um, so you've looked you've looked at Berlin and thought, nah, got enough history in Northern Ireland, and you've uh, looked at you know <laughs> Munich. You've looked at the Englischer Garten in Munich and thought. There's the streams in I don't know which park which park's near to you I don't know whichever one it is, um, the River Don. That's it. Yeah, there's there's a nice little stream there. Um, it's, it's hardly the Lagan, is what I would say. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm willing to listen to offers from um, the various German provincial uh, leisure and tourism departments if they if they want to offer a press trip. You know, if any of them are listening now and they want to offer a press trip, I'll I'll consider it. Um, but as of right now, obviously, my, my future lies in my immediate future lies in Yorkshire. Sehr gut, sehr gut, Herr Graham. Um, right, moving on to uh, hypothetical transfers is what I've got on this list here. And um, we were talking about players that Leeds might lose this summer. But on a more positive note, why don't we think about some of the players that Leeds could actually sign, or at least yeah. realistically? And I did a piece. Let me, let me just start you off by saying. That lad from Coventry, Ben Hamer, he's one that I. <laughs> ben Hamer, the goalkeeper. Uh, no, not Ben Hamer, the other one. Uh... <laughs> Gustavo. Yeah, yeah, his brother Gustavo. Um, Gustavo Hamer. I, I pegged, I pegged him early on as a player that Leeds should get. I identified him quite quickly last season. Um, so it's interesting because you never discussed it with me. <laughs> well, I don't have to discuss everything with you, Joe. But he would have been in—he would definitely have been in my list. Um, I could probably give you six more just off the top of my head if you want me that's, to. But... That's interesting. Yeah, go on. <laughs> give me, give me six more out of. And it's funny that because the piece I was referencing did actually have seven EFL players in it. Well, um, massive, massively coincidental. Uh, no, go on. This is this is very much your wheelhouse as a as a future director of football and and European football nerd. Um, who who should Leeds be signing apart from Ben and Gustavo Hamer? Um, I think you could probably leave Ben. I think Gustavo is definitely the one I'd be going for. Uh, but you know, if if it's a a fraternal thing and they, they come as a package deal, I think you know you <laughs> kind of just have to you just have to swallow hard. Um, although to be fair, Ben Hamer, you know, <laughs> Leeds might be in need of a goalkeeper this summer. They need so, of two goalkeepers. Well, yeah, there might be in need of a goalkeeper or two. So um, yeah, Ben, if you're listening, then you know. Get on to Chief Scout Graham Smith because apparently that's who all the agents are contacting these days <laughs> uh, to get the moves to Leeds. If you were uh, if you were listening to last week's podcast, uh, you'll know what we're on about. Um, but yeah, Gustavo Hamer has been for a couple of years now one of Coventry's standout players. He's got twelve months left on his deal at the Rico, and um, you know obviously a, a playoff finalist with them last season. I think he got nine goals and ten assists, which you know, even if you're not the stats football nerd that that Graham likes to think he is, you can understand that that is uh, that's pretty good going. Um, but not just that, you know, he's he's a very creative player, gets lots of passes into the final third, um, big tackler as well. He's pretty much he's pretty much everything that Leeds fans hoped Weston McKenney would be <laughs> in terms of box to box, dynamic, uh, goal output, creative output. It's what you want in num- in a number eight. Um, and given that he only does, he only has twelve months left. He's probably a good bet that you could get him for a reasonable fee. It's not something that Coventry could say, right? Well, we need 
25 million for this player because they're just not going to get that. And in 12 months time, he'll leave on a free. So this summer is probably the last opportunity that they'll have to get big money for him, or at least big money in their, in their, I don't know, by their standards. And one that I didn't include in the, uh, the piece uh, on the YP was uh, Victor Gokeres, the Swedish. Gokeres. Sorry, what, what, what's that? Gokeres. Gokeres. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Victor. With a K. Um, Victor, yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh, Because I just think, I'd I'd like to get your thoughts on this because I just don't think after the season he had. Prem. He's going to, if he goes, he's going to Prem. Prem or abroad. He's going to the Prem. He's the one, isn't he? The one they should have got in January. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but people were saying it in January. You know, people were saying it before hindsight was even possible in the scenario. So, I think he go. I think this is his time to go to the Premier League. He's done the championship. He's completed it this season. So twenty-one goals last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I suspect uh, he'll be off. I mean, he would be an unbelievable signing for a championship club. He seems but, very West Hammy to me. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, where else could I see him going? Would would Brighton? Would Brighton do? Oh, well, it's funny that, that you mentioned that because um, Victor with a K, did actually used to belong to Brighton before Coventry signed him. See, I knew he had a bit of the Brighton about him, just from looking at him. Just from looking at a picture of him, I thought he he's a lad who could easily have played for Brighton and Hove Albion and could do I don't it know again. if he ever did play for them. He didn't in the Premier League. Yeah, he played four times in the Cup in a couple of years ago, well, five, four or five years ago. Um, scored one goal in the League Cup for them. Just the eight appearances. So... Um, yeah, he's been a, I don't know, would you call him a late bloomer? Didn't really have that many good goal-scoring seasons until last year. He's 24 then, 25 now. He's got... Well, he's just hitting his peak, isn't he? Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's to, to be expected. Um, yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah, but I mean, he he is one who I think is is Premier League or, or top five European League because he's done it now. And I did, I did cop some flack for not including him, but not only because his name is very difficult to spell, but I just, yeah, I just don't think he's 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 attainable. And I, I did want to keep it very much based in reality. Um, were there any others in there that stood out to you in terms of that they could make sense, or you know, others which you looked at and just thought, what has he been smoking in Germany? No, I think I think Hamer was the one because you hear so much about players that are standing out in the EFL, particularly the Championship. Because they start to attract interest from from the Premier League, he was the one that I thought he makes a lot of sense. So, who of your list of seven? Who are the two that you would think Leeds should really go for? Uh, well, obviously, we've discussed Hamer. Um, I think the other big one that I think Leeds should go for, uh, and certainly will be on lots of teams' radars, is Ryan Manning from Swansea City. Uh, I think his contract is up at the end of the month. He's a left back. It's been a problem position for Leeds for for quite some time now. And, um, you know, not just because he's available, but he was also one of the better players in the championship last season. He's very creative. I think he hit double figures for assists. Um, And you'd think, hypothetically, Leeds in the championship are going to be a front foot team. They're going to be one of the better sides. So naturally will be operating a bit higher up the pitch. Um, So you want somebody who's going to be effective in sort of those wider areas um, going forward. But yeah, I think Hamer and, and Manning were the, the first two that came to mind and sort of 
gave me the, the little bit of inspiration for the piece and then doing a little bit more digging was uh, it was quite fun quite fun to do might do more of those is um is manning like a young leaf davis uh <laughs> i think he's I think he's older than leaf davis so um what leaf davis is an interesting one isn't he because he went and had an absolute stormer of a season um, well, honestly, if he had, if he wasn't already, if he wasn't previously Leeds, I would definitely have included him in that piece. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Um, let me throw a name at you when we're talking about left backs. Charlie Taylor. What do you think about Charlie Taylor? Because obviously, Burnley, promotion, but is he going to play in the Premier League? He's ex-Leeds, he's been linked with Leeds about four million times since he left. Is this the time to bring home Charlie Taylor and also sign at the same time? A Cody drama equivalent on the left hand side. Uh yeah. I I wouldn't say no. Um as long as he's All right, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's <laughs> as long as he's not uh, as long as he's not still head up about being rinsed by Rafinha two years ago. Um I think yeah. Well, not, I imagine, not a bad signing for the for the championship. Do you think they would his agent would stipulate that, that was in the deal that nobody could Nobody Bring could mention up. nobody could mention Rafinha, and all pictures of Rafinha should be removed from Thorpe Arts and Elland Road. Um, they might already have. I don't know. Um, you, removed, you removed yours from um, from above your bed, didn't you? When he, <laughs> when he signed for Barcelona, <laughs> framed with his head his head daubed on Christ the Redeemer. Um, he was never ever. I was never taken down my um, Mal Donaghy or um, Kingsley Black photos for one of Rafinha never in a million years um yeah I, I think we'll do more of that looking at kind of hypotheticals or players that we think lead should sign because in the absence of a director of football or head of recruitment we might as well fill the void um and then we'll look tremendously clever if any of the people that we've talked about <laughs> join Leeds United um or we'll look incredibly I told you so when they go elsewhere and do fantastically well yeah um, and, and we'll just anything, not mention the ones that don't that don't do well. Obviously, why uh, the hell would we publicise that? Well, exactly. And this this podcast is nothing if not a vehicle for us to look clever. So um, at some point we might manage it. Um, <laughs> speaking of clever, lots of clever questions on today's Q and A. Uh, lots that you would have enjoyed. One specifically referencing you. <laughs> yep, I, I do enjoy those ones uh, in particular. <laughs> Uh, well, that one was a bit spooky, though. The question was, if if essentially there's a fridge outside my door that's not plugged in, and I and I'm a bit creeped out, and I go downstairs and I open it, and there's you in a toga, uh, obviously, saying that you need new spark plugs for your car. Yesterday, I had to get new spark plugs for the car, and I'm still seething about how much I had to pay for the privilege. So that question hit me like a ton of bricks, to be honest. A lot of the others were much easier to answer. I just I love how specific it is. Why why a toga? I mean, listen, you can't some people just have dreams or things they like. And and who are we <laughs> who are we to question it in this day and age, Joe? I thought you were going to go into sort of a Michael Scott from the office. You know, some people have evil dreams. <laughs> some people have bad dreams. And I was like, that's not appropriate for this podcast. Um yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, some of the questions were very good. I had a little read of it um, before before we started recording. Um, and there was one in particular which I, I found um, really fascinating. It was to do with the manager situation. Uh, and it was, if Corbran didn't have one season under Bielsa, do you think the fans would want him? Very underwhelming if we get him, in my opinion. That was from Billy Mack. 
um it, it it's a head scratcher it does make you think i think it's a fair responded... i think it's i think it's a fair question yeah i think i think it's fair to ask if if we or our fans are unduly wavered by the fact that he's been at Leeds previously and he's linked to bielsa um he didn't particularly play bielsa ball you know since leaving leeds he's not really stuck exactly to bielsa's blueprint has he to get results in the championship but he did work with bielsa um and he does, I'm going to say it, and I, and, and I hate the fact that I'm going to say it, but he does know the club. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> H-A-T-C. But he, but but what I mean by that is he's got his eyes open as to the, ex, the expectancy and the demand because this is not a job for the faint of heart. And it's a job that you have to match up to in a big, big way because... If you're not a good fit for the club, it becomes painfully apparent very early. And I think Jesse Marsh suffered because of this, because he didn't gel with the kind of Leeds United, the persona that the Leeds United, you know, the ever-changing, shifting beast that is the Leeds United fan base. It has a very distinct, I say ever-changing, it still has a very distinct culture and a very distinct, almost like a collective personality. Mm. But I just don't think gelled with his... And I think you have to be able to handle the fans, the atmosphere at Allen Road, not get swept up by it. You have to harness it and you have to know what Leeds fans expect. Uh, Corbyn does seem a bit more, or yeah, stoic probably is the word, than, you know, more, I don't know, effusive and, um, I don't know, managers who would maybe volunteer bits of information a bit more i, I mean i don't know it, it, it doesn't strike me as bombastic in the slightest that's, that's it yeah bombastic, he's, not, he's, not, he's not he's not verbose he's not bombastic um i don't put, think put the thesaurus away come on i don't think he would alienate a lot of people with the things that he says so i think he'd be judged mostly on his football to begin with mm. um, but it is a very good question because any link to bielsa is going to be looked upon almost certainly favorably. You know, Iriola, people fell in love with him because he was a disciple of Bielsa. And obviously he's doing very good things at Rio Vallecano, but um, it does seem to weigh favorably with Leeds fans if you have played under or if you have worked under or if you have expressed a favorable position on Marcelo Bielsa. I think Iriola looks as though he's going to be going to Almeria. Um, of course. So might have to uh why there uh they've got money ah <laughs> of course yes, they do um yeah they've got money essentially and rayo Vallecano do not um so in, in terms of the other questions that you received um i got a reply from somebody on twitter it goes by the name sam it's all i can deduce um can you make sure graham saw my question about being my legal guardian so <laughs> I, have, I have to ask did you see Sam's question? Yes, I think he asked me two questions because I remember the will you be my legal guardian? <laughs> and I am flattered, obviously, but I just don't think I have it in me. I don't have the mental headspace to be the legal guardian for a fifth person right now. It's Sixth, just surely. Just, <laughs> it's just you know those you know those papers you signed uh, <laughs> to be to be my legal guardian at the end of last season. I yeah. just thought you were asking for an autograph. Um, well, well, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't have it in me, Sam, but I'm obviously very flattered by the uh, by the offer. Try Popey. I quite, I quite I quite like the fact that in Sam's username on Twitter it has 92, so it's entirely possible that that is a 31 year old man asking you, Graham, to be his legal guardian. <laughs> which I think, if that doesn't speak to the um, the regard in which the chief football writer at the YEP is held by Leeds fans, then I don't know what does. Hmm. Were, were there any other questions which you didn't get round to answering, or you thought that? Um, were better served being answered on the pod? Uh, I can take a look. I, I do know that I want to take issue with the uh, the unnamed, I'm not going to name him, the fan who said, I'm going to try this one last time and then put full stops in between each word and said, best pub in Bangor, question mark. I answered that question on the last Q&A. So I, so I took a screen grab and I, I sent that to them because I wasn't uh, I wasn't having that. At all, um, maybe it's a, maybe it's a pub landlord in Bangor. Uh, would you put vinegar on chips with gravy from Matt Allen LUFC? I would not. No, I don't. No. I don't use vinegar at all. And no. I'll be honest, I don't have gravy on chips. I'll prefer mayo. Um, oh, no. Uh, what it's else? Very, was very there? Belgian of you. Uh, uh, that has been said of me before, actually. Um, do you think we have a chance of keeping Somerville? I'm not so sure. Um, Poached egg, boiled egg, or fried. Uh, at the minute, no, no option for scrambled. By the way, well, yeah, at, at the minute, that. I'm at the minute, I'm in an in one of my omelette phases. Uh, if Leeds could only sign and play players whose surname starts with the same letter, what letter would you pick? I mean, ooh, that's difficult because you've you've got to go with a you've got to give yourself a wide scope. So who have we who have we got? Maybe like an S or a T. Yeah, probably an S or, or a T. Or a vowel. It'd have to be a vowel. Vowel, please. Um, but but, but a, 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 an S would give you all the players with Saint in front of their names. And I don't know, there just seems like a lot of, there's a lot of Smiths in the world. So obviously you, you got your pick of the Smiths. Uh, I don't know, it's difficult, isn't it? Leeds had a couple of A's in last year's team. Uh Rafinha and Rodrigo, a lot of Brazilian names, Portuguese. Begin with R, yeah. R. So, yeah, which market do you want to corner? Good question, though. Um, that feels like the most like you've ever been on a Limmy Twitch stream. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I was living it there. Here's, here's one for you. Um, have you heard any insight into Lewis Bates' future? Um, I can't say I've heard any insight uh, into his future, but the, when I spoke to Lewis Bates um, probably about six months ago now, he was saying that the the club he'd sit down with the club one when he came back from his loan at Oxford um, to discuss what the next steps would be. I think he was sort of angling towards maybe getting a loan in the championship, um, proving himself there because obviously he was at Oxford in League One. But now with Leeds being in the championship, I think there is the possibility that you know he might be looking at the, the first team squad, looking at. Adam Forshaw being released, McKenney not being retained, Adams potentially out, out the door, Rocker potentially going out. And he might be looking at that and thinking, well, I've got an opportunity here. Um, I think his contract is up in 2024. So there is, um, yeah, there's one uh, one year left on that. And you probably want to, to get that sorted this summer if you were going to retain him beyond that. Um, but no, that's, that's all I can really say on Lewis Bate. There was... Um, one 
that you sent me and you asked if I was comfortable um, answering on the podcast, which I can't find now. It was about, it was essentially, and you can answer this in uh, very ah, briefly. I've I got think. it. Here we go. Yeah. Do you, do you think that they need further recruitment for the 21s? Uh, yes, absolutely. I yeah. think that's because they've been promoted to, in order to avoid a repeat of the season in which the 21s were, were relegated um, when they were essentially playing a team full of 18s because the 21s were required in the first team bench under Bielsa. Um, they do need to recruit because you're going to have the likes of Darko JB, you know, Lewis Bate, uh, Gray, Matteo Joseph, Sonny Perkins, um, those types of players, Sean McGurk. You'd imagine that they probably will play for the first team next season. Maybe not an enormous amount, but if they don't go out on loan, then they will probably play a bit part role considering it's a 46-game season. You know, if Leeds get through in in both cups, um, again, tall order, but that's 50 games. Um, so there is there, there is a lot of football to be played. So I do think they do need to recruit um, at under-21s level, you know, similar to what they did with Perkins and JB last year, you know, McGurk the season before, Drama, Greenwood, Gellhart, the year, Somerville the year before that. I think it would be a, a smart thing to do. And because Craig Dean, the head of emerging talent, is still there, I think it's a possibility that they will do that. And when when we spoke to the, the academy manager, Adam Underwood, uh, at the back end of last season, I, I did ask him specifically this. We're, you know, even though Victor Orta has gone, will there still be a, a recruitment drive for for youngsters um, at, with, with a view to you know putting them in the, the under-21 side? So um, I do think that there, there will be additions there and it's mainly because they do need them. Good answer. Thank you, Graham. Um, is that all we have time for today? It is indeed, he says as he nods his head. Um, no, no little bits of whimsy. No, not not. Don't think there's much. Too hot to be whimsical. It is. It's very, very. It's very hot. Um, so, it's if a bold decision from you to wear a light-coloured polo shirt. Uh, yeah, but I have the windows open, I have the door open. Um, we've got a good through draft, so um, we're all right at the minute. So that's why the audio quality on your side's been terrible. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's everything from us on the Inside Ellen Road podcast this week. We'll be back again. Um, over the next few weeks uh, to discuss what's happening in the world of Leeds United uh, from transfers, managers, directors of football, sporting directors, uh, incomings, outgoings and uh, pre-season friendlies, which will be coming very, very soon. Um, but yeah, stay safe, keep hydrated um, and uh, yeah, bye for now. The Inside Allen Road podcast is sponsored by PR Supplies at Unit 2 Wither Park Industrial Estate in Leeds. PR Supplies, everything for the home.